Hello, and welcome to the Letters from Our Fathers podcast, where we explore the actual history of America's founding fathers from their own written words and personal correspondence, but without modern partisan political ideologies. I am your host, Roman. Now let's learn some real history. Welcome back to the podcast where TLDR does not apply and the study of history is a way of life absolutely every single day of the week. I hope that everybody's enjoying their holidays. As the as of the time I'm recording this, it is the weekend of New Year's. Uh, proof positive that uh, I work no matter what. So I figured I would do an episode this week, another light episode. Uh, always unpopular, but I figured I'd do it anyway because there's a few people who actually do listen to these. And I like to talk about some rando topics sometimes in relation to the Founding Fathers of the Constitution or the United States of America, this, that, and the other thing. And that, you know, this week and last week because, you know, very few people actually listen to the podcast in those weeks, you know, over the holidays. It's uh, not a common thing that anybody actually downloads the podcast except for just a few people. So what the hey? I'll talk about whatever. I will use this as an opportunity to just kind of, you know, freeform talk about you know, whatever the heck I darn well please without really any notes or anything of the sort. You know, in the last episode, the previous episode, that is, I talked about the Bill of Rights. I've talked about that a few times, why it's important, why it's there, and that in relation to, you know, the Constitution, why it's there, the Declaration of Independence, why it's there. And there's a lot of reasons for it. You know, one of the biggest things that I think about is is the 10,000-year-long history. I call it the 10,000-years trail of tears. You know, about 10,000 years ago or so, mankind, you know, kind of set out into the wilderness, civilizations begin to form over time. And a lot of those civilizations, people don't even really know how they formed. Like ancient Egypt, this is one of the great mysteries of the world that Egyptologists don't like to talk about. And, you know, other people don't really talk about much either. Watch a documentary on Egypt, you'll probably never hear this story. Nobody really knows how ancient Egypt actually started. It's just like it was just kind of there one day. And the image that we have of ancient Egypt and those old civilizations is really just tiny tiny little fragments and they they try to they try to draw this tapestry of the whole history of Egypt out of those tiny fragments which is about as insane as it sounds but needless i say all that just to say this you know you know man mankind began to form civilizations but what we know about civilizations from the past is that it's really just a story of human suffering it's really you know in the modern era we think that you know life is supposed to be about happiness or something of that nature and it can be uh, it shouldn't define our lives uh, in any way, shape, or form. The The pursuit of happiness is one thing, but actually finding it is a completely different thing. Oftentimes, people create more suffering because they're constantly looking for happiness. Divorce would be one example of that that I've talked about. People constantly uh, looking for uh, looking for happiness. They don't quite find it, so they, they basically blow up their life, and they blow up the lives of the people around them, and then they go off and they try to find it someplace else. And then they blow things up there, and then they move on, try and find it someplace else, which is why the divorce rate increases for every marriage that that uh, that you have. So second marriages have higher divorce rates than first, and third marriages have higher divorce rates than second or third. You would think third time's a charm. The more times you go at it, the better you will be at it, and the more likely you will be to succeed, but it's actually the more likely you will be to fail. That tells you everything you need to know about how smart it is to actually get divorced in this country. People, people try to find happiness today, but really the history of man is suffering. And the idea is, is that you try to create an environment where the least amount of suffering that is necessary happens. In other words, you don't suffer any more than you absolutely have to. And the pursuit of happiness, at the very least, is there. You can do that. You may never find happiness. You may be miserable your entire freaking life. That doesn't mean you did anything wrong, by the way. Some people think, well, if you're miserable, that means you did something wrong. That's not necessarily true. 
You can be miserable your whole freaking life and do almost everything right. That's happened too. But the story of man's 10,000-year march is a trail of tears. It is one of brutality, suffering, misery, torture, murder, exterminations, genocides, and so on and so forth. And a lot of this is perpetuated by our dear old friend, the tyrant, Tyrannus. The tyrant has been there most of the time. It doesn't ever really take long for a tyrant to rise up. You know, you can call them by many names. Nimrod, Caesar, Fuhrer, Tsar, Emperor, King, President. Yes, I said it. Oh my God, Roman, are you talking about like our president? Not necessarily. There have been a lot of people around the world that carry the name, the title President. Does anybody remember President Saddam Hussein? Just a thought. Maybe I'll come back to old Saddam in this episode. I had something else I was thinking about in regards to him recently, uh, if, I, if I feel like I want to take the time to talk about it. But the 10,000-year-long trail of tears, it's been pretty brutal. And largely at the hands of one tyrant after the next. One lord or tyrant, king, emperor, again, they, they come by many names. And people are struggling for freedom the whole time. And there are flickers and glimmers of it throughout history. But it never really lasts. And it's never really quite complete. It's never really quite what it should be. Very fragile. And then we come across this, uh, this time period of 1775 to 1776. And beyond, you know, there's these, there's these benchmark years, 1783, 1787, 1791, 1865. There are these benchmark years. And we finally have something here where, you know, the rights are clear and written down in a firm constitution. Actually, they're written down in 51 constitutions. Fewer than that, obviously, back in the day. And that pursuit of happiness is, is there. Does everybody find it? No, but that's normal. That's fine. I wish everybody could find happiness, but unfortunately, this isn't that world. This isn't the world we live in. And even in this country, even if you work, you're, even if you work as hard as you can, and you really break your back, that's kind of the that's kind of the sad story of humanity, isn't it? No matter how hard you work, in some cases, no matter how hard you work, no matter how long you work, no matter how much you educate yourself, no matter how much you focus, no matter how determined, you may still fall fall flat on your freaking face and be miserable the, your whole life. Whereas other people, they, some people don't even have to try. And they're plenty happy. Or at least they seem to be. Life ain't fair. Those are probably the smartest words ever spoken by anybody. But the opportunity should be there. And it was, and it, it is here. And we found it. We created it, actually. 1776 and beyond. Imperfect as it may be, especially at first, over time, these things kind of come together. They, they begin to congeal. And then we come to this time period, you know, where this finally is realized for the most part. It's never going to be perfect. I think the mistake that some people make is thinking that, you know, American freedom will be perfect. American opportunity will be perfect. You know, American happiness, whatever the heck that means, will be perfect. The American dream will be perfect. This, that, and the other. It's never going to be perfect. And then what do we what do we find in 2023 going into 2024? A situation where people disregard the 10,000 years of murder and suffering and torture and all the rest of it, those people striving to be free that never made it. They never made it. 10,000 years of human history, most people never made it to the kind of freedom and opportunity that we have here today, which is kind of the story of America, this ungratefulness, the spoiled brat mentality that is spending through the inheritance at a rapid clip. We receive our inheritance when we're born. That would be the freedom and liberty. It's not money. It's freedom and liberty. And just like money, though, freedom and liberty can be spent and nothing put back for the next generation. 
And people are spending it. They're spending it going to Disney World. They're spending it doing all, all manner of other things. Very few people are trying to put anything back or maintain it. As a matter of fact, we got a bunch of saboteurs in the country that are deliberately going around throwing bombs, metaphorically speaking, in just about every aspect of this system that they, that they possibly can. And you would be surprised some of the people that are doing it. Some of the people who are doing it claim to be staunch constitutionalists. They claim to be religious people behind a microphone. And they're out, they're out there throwing bombs, metaphorically speaking. I, I keep having to say metaphorically speaking because we don't, we're not in the 1980s anymore. And since the 1980s, there's a certain kind of person out there in the United States that has become more stupid, which is pretty much the definition of America the last 100 years. Each generation just gets dumber and dumber. And they, they will say, oh my God, what do you mean, Roman? You mean people are literally throwing bombs? No, not literally. But by the way, Sam Adams talked about those people. I read that in a letter recently. So we have a combination. It's like a tag team event of people who are trying to spend through the inheritance as fast as they possibly can. Like the ship is sinking, and this is the last shot at the ship's whiskey before the ship goes under. And then you got a bunch of other people that are going around throwing bombs everywhere, metaphorically speaking. You know, a.k.a. punching holes in the bottom of the ship trying to make the thing sink faster. Or through some kind of delusion, they think that punching holes in the bottom of the ship is actually going to cause the ship to float. Don't ask me how. And they're on both sides of this stupid two-way argument that causes all kinds of problems in this country. A lack of education combined with a firm adherence to twisted political ideologies drives all of it. But we live here today in the United States of America, not because of ourselves entirely. It's because for 10,000 years, people were murdered, they were tortured, they were exterminated, they were beaten and they were robbed. They were stolen from, but they lived and they worked and they tried and they built and they did all these things despite all that. And because of all of, all of their suffering and their turmoil, we're here right now. And I've talked about this before. How the American people largely look at those ten thousand years of, of human that ten thousand years of humanity and all the people that were in it, and most Americans, not all, but most Americans have collectively collectively decided to piss on their grave. Such is life, right? And this is my Happy New Year message. This is why, again, I, nobody's inviting me to any parties. Ha <laughs> ha! Nobody's going to be inviting me to any parties, and there's reasons for that. I am the rain on the parade guy. But good news, I'm not here to be popular. I'm not here to. Uh, I'm not on this earth to be popular. I'm not on this earth to go to parties. I'm not on this earth to make everybody feel warm and fuzzy inside. I'm, I'm here to remind everybody that they have responsibilities. I suppose that's my job. That way, you know, at the end of the day, when all this does come tumbling down and this, uh, this bizarro world intransigence on the part of the American people, uh, when, it, uh, when it finally succeeds in destroying the thing that people claim that they love so much— they won't have any excuses. I am here to make sure that people have no excuses when all this is over. Because the greatest injustice that could ever occur is people not be held account for what happened here. I am the accountant, after all. And there needs to be an accounting for what we let happen here. My hope is, is that people kind of wake up and realize that, hey, you know, maybe we ought to do something to kind of save this thing. You would think people would look, in, look into their children's eyes and, say, and be motivated to do that. Some people are, most people are not, because most people don't give a crap about their children. And I can thread together a logical argument for that, but people have a bizarre way of trying to solve these problems. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, uh, like, what is a, what does America's future look like and why? Speaking of Saddam Hussein, you know, when we try to learn how to do certain things, how to conduct ourselves, how to, how to uh, 
how to study certain disciplines in life. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a few things that we can do. We can try to just kind of make it up as we go along, which a lot of people do. We can pretend like we know a lot about everything and we don't and make a whole lot of mistakes along the way. Or we can um, go to some village idiot snake oil salesman and try to get them to tell us what to do, which always ends badly. Or alternatively, we can actually seek out the old wise men that came before us. I'll give you an example of this. When I study the military, I'm not a military man. And I know that. I'm very well aware of it. I'm more aware of it than I think most people because I grew up around it. So when I want to study the military arts... When I want to study how the military functions, how it works, when I want to study military history, who do I go to? Somebody who's been there, done that, and did it well. And it just so happens that one of my great teachers, whom I never met, I just studied their material from afar, happened to be a a very good military man. And so I go to that person and I study them. I study what they did, I study what they had to say about it, and so on and so forth. Okay, who would I, now that, and that's a good way to do it, but who would I not go to? Who would be, what would be a bad idea, for, a bad option for me to go to, to to study that kind of thing? Saddam Hussein. He fancied himself kind of a military guy in some respect, a military tactician of sorts, or a strategist, kind of, sort of. Now, was he any good at any of that? No. He just kind of made it up as he went along. He would be equivalent to like the village idiot, snake oil salesman, the charlatan, who claims that he's the great savior, the great, sol- the great uh, problem solver, but it's really none of those things. And we figured that out in 1991. Does anybody remember the Highway of Death? Anybody ever seen images of the Highway of Death? I encourage you to do so. Not be- not for not because of some sick fetish kind of thing. I know that there's a lot of Americans, not everybody, but there's a lot of Americans that have a fetish for that kind of thing. But I, I encourage you to go look at it because it's important to understand, number one, the, uh, the, the price of war and how badly things can end up but specifically how that conflict unfolded, the Gulf War in 1991. But the highway of death is what happens when you have no idea what you're doing, and you go to the snake oil salesman, the village idiot, the, uh, the charlatan, the politician, to try to study the military arts and to take your direction, right, to run the show, versus the military man who knows what he's doing, who inflicted the highway of death, upon Iraq in 1991. Now, here's the thing. Metaphorically speaking, if you want your country to look like the highway of death in 1991, just keep going to the snake oil salesman, the charlatan, the village idiot, the moron, to try to figure out how to solve America's problems or to have them solve America's problems for you. Just keep doing what you're doing. And eventually your country will look like the highway of death. Maybe not literally, but, you know... In some fashion, it will. It's like the way I describe the, uh, the the Bill of Rights. The Bill of Rights has been attacked for so long and so vigorously. If you wanted a visual representation of what the Bill of Rights looks like, it looks like Stalingrad after the Germans got done with it. If you've ever seen pictures of Stalingrad, you, could barely, you can barely tell that there was a city there except there's a big pile of rubble. So clearly there was something there. You could scarcely call it a city. I mean, you, can call, you could call it a city, but barely. That's what the Bill of Rights looks like today, because it has been attacked for so long and so vigorously every day. That's what it looks like. So just like the Bill of Rights looks like that, uh, the country will look like the highway of death at some point. Not literally. It's not like there's going to be bodies strewn along a highway or something like that. It's not, that's not what I'm talking about. Just like the, the Bill of Rights doesn't literally look like Stalingrad. You get my meaning? And again, I, ha- I, have to, I have to put all these little clarifications in here because 
uh, a good number of the American people are operating off two or three brain cells at most, most days. The rest of you folks will know what I'm talking about. My hope for this podcast, actually, is that it might instill a little bit of neurogenesis, by which the, uh, the American people might actually begin to rub some brain cells together again, cause friction, and generate uh, new brain cells, so to speak. Tech- scientifically, that's called neurogenesis. Really hard to do that if all you're doing is watching TikTok. But, you know, a great many people in the world, when they try to understand the foundations of a country or how to solve a country's problems, how to uh, hold, a co- hold firm to a constitution or a declaration of independence or a bill of rights, the people that they go to, metaphorically speaking, I mean, is Saddam Hussein, instead of the person who actually knows what they're doing, which would explain also, by extension, why we have this phenomenon of the letters of Osama bin Laden suddenly becoming like a thing. That is a very real representation of that, in case you think I don't know what I'm talking about. The American people are very good at giving you signs of what's going on in their head without actually, even if they don't even know what they're doing. I'll give an example of that too, because I'm full of examples. People are going to be like, Roman, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, just wait. John Adams said that in, in, when talking about democracy, John Adams was not a fan of democracy, which is why this country is not a democracy, by the way. But he said, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but this is what he said, that there was not yet a democracy that did not commit suicide. Democracies tend to kill themselves. Now, riddle me this. The suicide rate is like at an all-time high right now, right? For, for the most part, yes, it's very high. Okay. Is it any accident that you have a bunch of people who should know better running around this country calling this place a democracy all the time? In, in, psych, in psychology or, you know, whatever, what have you, the, these professions where people actually, you know, engage in long therapy sessions trying to discern exactly what it is that's wrong with somebody according to the DSM or whatever the crap they're, they're reading these days. But you ever heard about a cry for help? A cry for help is what? Somebody who does something or says something and they're really, they're really broadcasting that they're in trouble. And it could be a lot of things. It could be something suicidal in nature, whatever, what have you. Okay, understand this. When the American people, and this is firmly what I believe, when the American people run around the country calling this country a democracy, when it is clearly not, and when people in news media especially run around calling this country a democracy who should know better, in other words, people who should know this is not a democracy and you shouldn't call it that, what are they doing? If, if what John Adams said is true, that there was not yet a democracy that didn't commit suicide, what are they doing? Cry for help. They're basically saying it out loud that they're trying to commit suicide. They are deliberately setting about a determined process to kill this society and themselves with it and their families with it. That's what I firmly believe. That's why I am so opposed to this concept of calling this country a democracy. That's why I think it's dangerous, because I understand what it is, because John Adams told me what it is. I mean, he didn't connect those dots exactly, but that's basically what he said. When he said there was not yet a democracy that did not commit suicide, if somebody calls their country a democracy and it's not, what are they saying? They say, they're say they saying that they want to commit suicide. They want to, and they're doing it. And it's no accident that they run to the Saddam Husseins of the world for advice on how to fix something that's broken, that Saddam Hussein could not possibly fix. And Saddam Hussein in this example is a stand-in for a multitude of people. Again, the liars, the charlatans, the snake oil salesmen, it's the village idiots, etc. Why would you run to Saddam Hussein when you know firmly that the highway of death is the result? Because that's what you want. It's a cry for help. The American people are screaming out with one loud voice, almost, not quite. There's some Americans who don't do this. I don't. Hopefully you don't. 
but they're screaming out with one loud voice, democracy, democracy. Really what they mean to say is suicide, suicide. They're asking for it. They want it. They're trying for it. They're, they're, that's what they're actively trying for. They're trying to end it. And so Saddam Hussein, a.k.a. Osama bin Laden, or whoever else has become their new god, or somebody like them, which is a really fascinating psychological exploration if you think about it. I mean, you've got to have some really deep-seated neuroses to actually go down this road. But the American people got it in droves. And it's why the European people, for all for our European folks who occasionally, once in a while, there's a couple of people in Europe who actually routinely download this podcast, and I thank you for that, by the way. But for all of you European folks out there who listen to the sound of my voice, understand that when you clamor for democracy, I hope you know what you're doing. I don't know what kind of trauma you have in your life. I don't know what kind of pain you're feeling, subconscious or otherwise. But John Adams is telling you that you're asking for something, and it's a cry for help. Good news. The Founding Fathers are there for you. If you want to turn away from Saddam Hussein, and you want to turn towards the great general who actually understands how to solve a problem, who actually understands how you should conduct yourself, how a nation should conduct itself to set a standard. Is it any accident that, that George Washington is known as the father of the country, and he was also the great general? He will forever be known as the great general. That's why I call him General Washington, by the way, instead of President Washington. I almost never call him president. Even when I'm talking about him in the context of him being president twice, I don't call him president. I always call him general. You think that's an accident? Oh, there are very few accidents here, ladies and gentlemen. Decisions have to be made. And there's and all of this ties into this shadow of the empire stuff that I've talked about a long time ago. I really do believe that there are these deep currents that run underneath of a society. And by the way, the people of Pennsylvania agree with me, or at least they used to. I am in good company on this. Roman, what are you talking about? If you pay very close attention to this podcast, you know what I'm talking about. There are layers of this podcast. It's not just one-dimensional. Like, sometimes I, I talk about things that are very important, but I don't draw you a map as to why I'm talking about it. And I just mention it in passing. But it's important. And there's a reason why I talk to you so much about the letters from our founding fathers, and not at all about any dreams that I have. Roman, what in God's name do you mean by that? No, it's, it's another one of those little subtleties. But I know America is crying for help. I know it because I've heard it my whole life. Democracy. 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 I know what that is. I know what America is telling me when it clamors for democracy, democracy, democracy. When I hear that word, I hear suicide, suicide, suicide. And for, again, for the European folks out there, it's the same thing. Democracy, 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 you say. But I hear the translation. Suicide, suicide, suicide. Because Nostradamus, a.k.a. John Adams, told me so. And I believe him. And history tells me that he's right. History told him that he was right. And 200 and some years of hindsight tells me that John Adams was absolutely correct. That's the advantage that I have on John Adams, the only advantage that I have on that man. He has a lot of advantages on me and pretty much every other American that's ever lived. His genius, his focus, his determination, his wisdom. There isn't hardly another American ever born that could keep up with that man. The one advantage that we have, I have certainly, is 200 years of hindsight. That's it. That's all I've got on him. And more often than not, that 200 years of hindsight tells me he was absolutely correct. That's why I call him Nostradamus. On occasion, not all the time. But the Founding Fathers can help. I mean, if, you're, if, it's a, if this is a cry for help, America, if you're asking for help, the Founding Fathers are there. I've said it before. They're just waiting for you. 
But the problem is, is people who want to commit suicide, oftentimes they don't, they don't come for that help. Because, you know, the Founding Fathers are never going to walk up to your front door, drag you out into your front lawn, and smack you upside the head with a rolled up newspaper and make you get help. They can't do that. So you have to go to them. You have to stop listening to the Saddam Husseins of the world, and you have to turn around, and you have to go to them. A republic, if you can keep it. If you want to keep it, you have to stop trying to commit suicide. And the worst part of that suicide is, you know, most Americans, they're doing it to their children. It's like slipping your children a cyanide capsule. Why in God's name anybody would do that is beyond me. It's incredibly reckless, dangerous, murderous, terrible thing to do. But people who are so damaged and so lost, so rudderless, failed by society for so long, failed by leadership, quote-unquote leadership, for so long, abandoned by leadership for so long, it's a no wonder they've lost their compass and they can't find their way back. And they've been listening to Saddam Hussein for so long. Again, metaphorically speaking. They've been listening to Saddam Hussein for so long that when a real general shows up, when the great general shows up to tell them, hey, this idiot over here doesn't know what he's talking about, and this only ends one way. People can't recognize it. They don't understand. It's like listening to a politician try to tell you how to weld a couple pieces of steel together. He doesn't know what he's talking about most of the time. Probably ought to just listen to the master welder. He knows what he's talking about, but people go to the politician every time. Save me, politician. Save me. Democracy, democracy, democracy. So as you're clamoring for democracy, 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 and again, we all know what that is. It's suicide. Who is the politician to you at this point? The Saddam Hussein of the world. Who is this guy to you? Dr. Kevorkian back in the day? Does anybody remember Dr. Kevorkian? That's a name from my childhood. Not that I knew the guy. He was most famous for assisted suicide. So what are the politicians to you if you're clamoring for democracy, 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 and the politicians say democracy, 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 we'll give you all you want? They are the assisted suicide squad. They're there to help you, so they think. They're, they're going to stick that needle in your arm. They're going to drop that plunger and they're going to make it happen. And most Americans are happy to do it. Because that's what they're looking for. That's the dirty little secret that nobody will talk about. Most Americans are just looking to off themselves most days. Not literally, but societally speaking, that's what they're trying to do. Now, some politicians are not in favor of all that. Don't get me wrong. There's plenty of politicians out there that understand this is a republic, not a democracy, and they don't have a problem calling it a republic. They're few and far between, but they're out there. But I know what's going on with you, America, generally speaking. Again, my little disclaimer. I'm not talking about anybody specifically. Joe Smith in Fayetteville, I have no idea who you are. I'm not talking about you, Joe Smith. I'm not talking about any one of you individually. I'm talking about America as a whole, in the aggregate. See, the reason why John Adams wrote so much about how democracies fail and commit suicide, they're self-destructive by their nature. It is the mob, how you have to have protections. He also wrote about how you have to have protections for the people who have very little property and the people who have a lot of property at the same time, because these two historically have gone to war with each other, so you have to stop that from happening. That is one way that democracies commit suicide. That's part of how they kill themselves. There's a whole story behind all that, and John Adams wrote a lot about this stuff. The American people, in many regards, not everybody, but a lot of people, they seem determined to go down this road. And along the way, in, in the midst of all of their pain and anguish, they're, they're, they're numbing themselves with everything that they possibly can. They're numbing themselves with Disney World. They're numbing themselves with TikTok. They're numbing themselves with every opiate they can get their hands on. By the way, is it any accident that this country has an opiate problem? You think that's an accident? In relation to everything else that I've been talking about on this podcast, you think that's an accident? You think it's an accident that this country has an alcohol problem and has for a long time? 
Anybody ever wonder out there why I never drank alcohol? Not once in my life. Never. There's reasons. And it has to do with all of this. In part. I know who this country is, and I know what this country is doing. It's not, a, it's not a mystery to me. Not at all. And America, you know, I'll speak to America here for a second. Again, generally, not Joe Smith. I don't know who Joe Smith in Fayetteville, Arkansas is, but I'll speak to America generally. America, you know, you can pull the wool over people's eyes if you want to. You can try. And you can lie about this and say, oh, no, no, when we say democracy, we're not trying to commit suicide. No, 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 that's not what we're doing. You can lie to a lot of people, but you can't lie to me because I know who you are. I know this country very well. I grew up in so many different places in this country, in so many different environments. I grew up in the big city. I grew up in the small town. I grew up on the farm. And I grew up on a military base. Those are probably the only four places in this country you can possibly grow up, and I hit all four of them on my way up before I was 18. I have perspective. And no, America, you cannot lie to me. There are three people that you cannot lie to in this world. There's probably more than that, but there's definitely three. You can't lie to God because he knows everything. You cannot lie to Satan because he probably put you up to it in the first place. He's, he's standing off in the corner laughing at you, by the way. And you cannot lie to me. So if America, if you're, ready to, if you're ready to get help, I'm going to point you in one direction. And it's not towards me. It's just towards the Founding Fathers. And the two options that you have are always there. It's always the same two options. You can listen to this podcast, and we can have a conversation about it on the study group. because, And that's why I call this, this podcast a study group instead of a classroom. You ever wonder why you think that's an accident? You think, you think I just stumble into this crap not knowing what I'm doing? Why do I call it the study group instead of a classroom? Because I'm not the teacher. I never was. I'm just one of you. There is the great teacher, and then there are the teachers who are the founding fathers. That's the, those are the people that I study from. I'm going to point you in their direction. You can, you can listen to that on this study group as I try to build a context around what they said and deliver their message as best as I possibly can. Or you can engage a decades-long research project on your own and do it yourself. I never do care which one you do. I don't care if you listen to this podcast or not. I'm not here to build an audience. I'm just here to make this easy. Because I, I do this anyway. It takes a lot more effort for me to record it, to edit it, to upload it, to manage it, to pay for it, such as I do. But as far as the reading goes, I'm doing it anyway. So I figured, why not just share it with people? Why not do America a solid and create a study group? Just like we would do at the university when I was there. Strangely enough, actually, the whole time I was at the university, I never once attended a study group, though. It took me until this podcast to finally do it. I was always a bit of a lone wolf at the university. It's kind of how I was. If I had a question, I went to office hours. And if I, if I didn't have a question, then I just studied on my own. But a study group can be very useful, especially, you know, if you're not already spending the time studying the stuff on your own at great length. Again, the decades-long research project. So it's up to you, America. I mean, do you want to finally get some help for that cry for help? Or do you want to continue wandering into the welcoming arms of Saddam Hussein and the village idiot and the charlatan and the snake oil salesman, the fly-by-night lunatic? who will sell you a bill of goods? Or do you want to study from the great general? Again, that's not me. I just read what he had to say. More specifically, what they had to say. It's your call. This may not last forever, this opportunity. At some point or another, those floodwaters are going to come in. And the one inevitable thing that you can never slow down, stop, or impede is time. And it's just ticking away. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. And hysterically enough, the probably the worst time, the worst thing you can do, the worst way you can spend that time is watching TikTok. Probably an appropriate name for that for that application, if ever there was one. Idling, idling away the hours watching endless streams of largely stupid crap. I mean, even a broken clock is right twice a day. And again, there's another 
hilarious reference to TikTok. You know, TikTok, again, a reference to time, a clock, broken clock, right, twice a day. There you go. I'm sure there's something salient happening there. It's probably just very rare. So let us listen to the Founding Fathers. And amongst that group, let us listen to the Great General. And I would like to, and as we segue into the new year, I would like to thank everybody who does listen to the podcast, everybody who shares the podcast, everybody who has stuck with it. There's probably only a very, very small handful of people who have actually stuck with it for the long haul. And I hesitate to name the ones that I know by name, because I'll probably forget some folks who might have left a comment on the podcast at some point. But you know who you are. I know who you are. By name and by comment, anyway. But thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for joining the study group. Thank you for being a member of the study group. And I hope that you found something enlightening or interesting to do with this discussion that we had on this episode, even though it's a light episode. I tell you what, even though it's a light episode, you know, I could ramble about a lot of things. I listen to other people's podcasts, and they ramble on sometimes about the most bizarre crap. Remodeling their house, how long they were waiting in line at the gas station the other day, how long it took them to find their car keys last week. But for a light episode on this uh, on this podcast, I, I think I deliver some good quality discussion. However hard it might be to listen to for some folks, it uh, I believe it needs to be talked about. So I hope that you found something interesting, you know, in that regard, and I hope that you will join me on the next episode of this here podcast. And with all that said, this is Roman signing out. Thank you.